It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This is Leah Messer, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. I'm in the building. Let's go. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned into pop culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 pop. And just so you know, we've got more to go. We have I Got Five on it. And we're going to do the sports roundup. But right now, as we said, we are jumping into pop culture. We are talking. Jeremy, what would you do? A man who paid for extra leg room refused to move so that a family could sit together on a flight. Was he in the wrong? This is a very, very, very basic thing that you said right there. I feel like it's very simple. It's the baseline. The baseline is he paid for a seat. They needed that seat to sit as a family. Is he in the wrong? In my estimation, sometimes there's so many more factors that go in. So many more things. How did they approach this man? What did they say to this man? Were they humble and, hey, you know, is there any way we could? But even if that's the case, Brandon, 
my big part is like the old me would have said, yes, move. Let this family sit together. It's, you know, it's a good thing to do is allow them to sit together. But the older I get, the more I realize that people aren't most people. Some people aren't good. (laughs) This is the truth. I don't know these people. I don't know these people. Look, look, the truth is maybe these are these are a bunch of people who are cheapos who don't tip Brandon. (laughs) Or a hundred dollar meal and leave five dollars. How do I know that's that's who I'm? Uh, if or, or whether or not that's who I'm dealing with, maybe she's a Karen. Even if they were nice in the way they approached him, Brandon. How do I know who they truly are? Because people, the truth is, I don't judge people how they are when things are good, when they're receiving something. Because everybody's always gracious and happy when they're getting something. But what happens when the shoe is on the other foot? Truth of the matter is, I don't know that. And because I don't know that this man who paid for a ticket did nothing wrong himself and to occupy a seat that he paid for. I have no problem with it because I don't know these people. You have examined way more factors than I needed to to diagnose this situation. It's very simple to me. If he had just paid a regular seat price for his flight. And these people came and asked him, then fine, I can see him giving up his seat. But he paid extra to ensure that he had the extra leg room. Not only did he pay extra to ensure, he thought ahead, Jeremy. He planned ahead. Yep. These people did not do that. You can plan ahead and make sure that your family is sitting together. That is possible. In this day and age, it is possible to make the arrangements to ensure your accommodations are to your liking. Did these people do that? No. Whose fault is that? Theirs. It is not this man's fault. So this man is in the perfect situation that. No matter what he does, he can't be wrong. He can only be right. He can only be good. Amen. Amen. I won't say good. He can only be right. He paid for the tick fracture like a room. He got that. I will say there are, because if you knew, Brandon, I'll be, be honest. If you knew the people and they were good people and they came and they said, hey, we just, uh, little Johnny was sick. We couldn't make it here on time. Um, and you knew them and you knew they were good people. I'm not saying I would be happy about it, but there's a, there's a um, circumstance where I'd get up if she's extremely old. Maybe, maybe because, you know, the old folks, sometimes they got bad attitudes with theirs. They're the worst. But the truth of the matter is there's no way for him to be wrong. But for me, look, I don't know them people. And and these people could be anybody. Like I said, they could be Karens. They could be, be people who don't tip people with bad attitudes, people with certain prejudices. I don't know them. And so in that case, I pay for a ticket. I'll sit in my seat. Yeah, trick. What all is, is he right or wrong? People have, they have this thing, uh, A-I-T-I-A. Am I the a-hole? And they'll ask a question like this. Like, this question would be a prime example of, am I the guy? Am I the person? Am I the jerk? But Jeremy, as bad as this one was, or as easy as this one was, there was one far more easy. Somebody asked the same kind of question. About a wedding reception. Brandon, I promise. You said that to me. I didn't know you were doing this. I did not know you were going there. I was going to bring it up right now. But continue on, my brother. There is a woman, a 28-year-old female, marrying a 30-year-old male who said that she has the preference, she has the desire, she has the demand, actually, that his 98-year-old grandmother not be present at their wedding. At their reception, I should say. The wedding, she was okay with, but the reception, she doesn't want the 98-year-old grandmother there because they agreed to not have children because they want this to be a party atmosphere where all their friends can celebrate this wedding that just commenced. And she asked, is she the AITIA in this case? 
Am I the jerk is what I'll say because she doesn't want the grandma to be there. She doesn't want to have to tend to or deal with the grandma. Hey, guess what? You don't have to tend to or be there for the grandma anyway. I don't know. Hopefully I'm not stealing your thunder, but the grandma and you are beefing now because you didn't want her there. Might as well let her come and beef because she didn't appreciate what was going on. That is not your problem. Clearly, you don't care about family or or in-laws. That is not your real grandmother. Let her go there. Let her be offended. Who cares? Because clearly you don't in the first place. Why is there a problem? <laughs> not only that, Jeremy, but I thought the most telling, most important detail of this whole story was her grandparents are dead. Amen. Of course she's going to say his grandparents can't come because she didn't have to worry about telling her grandparents they can't. This is her oldest 98-year-old's, this is the 98-year-old's oldest grandchild getting married. Her firstborn, so to speak. And she's going to miss the reception because somebody is in their feelings so ridiculous that she's trying to keep. Now, when it came to the, to the man on the airplane, there was no way that he could be wrong because he paid for the ticket that made him right. In this case, there's no way for this woman to be right. She's flat out wrong. And she kept saying, I'm the bride. I'm the-. Well, he's a groom, okay? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. This equal yeah. society, that's what it is. He's a groom, and he wants his grandmother to be there. So step off, girl. You know what he needs to do? He needs to run for it, run for it, run. Run. 100%. We are on the same page on both of these. There's no argument from the RVK. No, when, no, no, no. I know you're wrapping up, but when you show yourself to be extremely selfish in one aspect that's very uh, delicate with his grandma being there. Your whole marriage is going to be like that. And I hate to sound like a scarred person, but like I said, <laughs> run for it, run for it, run. run. But I will say this, Jeremy, I don't think it's a minor situation. I mean, I think, I think this is a minor situation is what I should say. The grandma being there is a minor, minor situation in life. This is not somebody dying. This is not how we're going to pay for some major issue that's going on in our life. Nobody's sick. Nobody's hurt. You know what I mean? Like nobody cheated. This is just can grandma come to the to the reception and she's going to have this kind of an outburst over this? Like you said, run for it, run for it, run. But considering I, considering she said it, considering how she said it, I also feel like it says a lot about who he is and uh the way she said it, the way she put it up, the way she's fighting for it um I almost makes me feel like uh dude is not in a position to run. Some people aren't strong enough. You know? <laughs> most, most people aren't strong enough. So if, if we're keeping it real, most people aren't. They're just going to go and deal with the fire as it happens. Hey, it is what it is, though. We'll catch him at his next wedding. But this is, <laughs> this yeah. is the RVK in the building. Let us know what you think. Rat me, boys! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. To the second round of the Raspy Voice Kids. We are on segment number two. I got five on it. And we are ready to talk all things sports, but especially WVU. Jordan, hit him with it. 
What's up, y'all? Jordan Tykeri here, coming back at you with another segment of I Got Five on it. Let's get it started with the first blank. Deuce McBride, blank. Get significant playing time with the New York Knicks. Deuce will not get significant minutes this year. As good, good as Deuce was, he was playing in the summer league. You expect rookies who are going to be worth anything to excel, and he did. But he did not dominate in a way that's going to make Kemba Walker or Derrick Rose sit the bench in favor of Deuce McBride. In my opinion, he will not get significant t- playing time. He will ride the bench most of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely against you on this one. I think he will. Look at Quickly. Look at Grimes. Look at Derrick Rose. Even Kemba, if you want to. Fournier, all right, not Fournier, but uh, but uh, JT Barrett, um, number thirty for the Knicks, best player. Not, what, what, not JT Barrett, uh, RJ Barrett, uh, RJ, RJ Barrett. <laughs> two, two, two syllables. All right, RJ Barrett. Excuse me. Um, what's one thing that I noticed out of all of them? Brandon, hey, they wait, can't shoot. wait. Are you including? Are you including? Uh, oh, what's his name? The from from Kentucky, Julius yeah. Randle. Yes, I'm including Julius Randle. What can none of them do? Other than Fournier, who they just got? Shoot threes. Shoot the three ball. All them guys can't be on the court at the same time. Rose and Walker love the like the the little semi jump shot. Quickly is not a three point shooter. Grimes can hit it, but he didn't show me a whole lot uh, uh, during the the summer league. So no, nobody's going to overtake them for starting point guards. But McBride, what he can bring to the squad is put him in the corner, let him shoot that three point point ball. We've seen it before. He shoot he's shooting fifty percent, man. He can shoot the rock. He's worked on shooting the rock, and when you can shoot the rock, you find your way into getting minutes. He also can play defense. I actually think that he's going to surpass quickly in Grimes because he can shoot the three ball way better than them, and I think he'll find time on the Knicks roster. The thing you left out that's super important that I may not have counted enough of is how well Deuce played defense and how important that is to Tom Thibodeau. So maybe you're right, but I still will go with he will not. Number two. West Virginia playing Ohio University in Athens in 2025 is blank. Hilarious. It is hilarious for so many reasons. One, it's hilar- the biggest reason is because of what it does to Marshall. Marshall fans are so mad because so many Mountaineers, including myself, have said the reason we won't play you is because we're not going to play in Huntington and you refuse to come strictly to Morgantown. And here we are going to Athens. Peden Stadium, my neck of the woods. I love it for me, but it's hilarious overall as a program. I really don't know what the point of this is, but I trust Shane Lyons, so whatever he's doing, it makes sense. Granted, this is not a one-and-one. This is not a home-and-home. This is a two-for-one deal. But it's still hilarious. Brandon, how long does it take you to get to uh, Athens University? 20 minutes. I think that's the point. Get an easy win where your fans can come watch. Now, here's the thing. My word for it is not about that because it should, it could be about that, about a home game where all Mountaineers can go to. It's easy to get to. It's not going to be expensive. And we're going to probably 50-50 them in their own stadium. But my word for this is, it's hypocritical, Brandon. 
<laughs> There's no way. If you look for the terminology that Huggins and other pl- people are, at West Virginia use for not playing Marshall in every conceivable way. <laughs> oh, we're not going to go to a stadium. You know, if we're, if we're going to go to a stadium where we're going to have a full stadium in Morgantown, make more money for everybody. What do you think OU is? I'm telling you, they're not making nearly as much money going to small OU, which is smaller than that stadium in Cabell County in Huntington. It's beyond hypocritical. And the thing is, if I were a Marshall fan, I would be livid other than the fact that you can't do anything about it. It's hilarious, but it's real talk. Look, you know me. I keep it real. This is a hypocritical move. I understand it because OU poses no threat. Marshall, if they were to beat West Virginia, Every single recruiting trip they took in state to West Virginia kids, that's the first thing they would bring up. So I understand it, but real talk, you know, real is real. It's hypocritical. And now I need to know which is bigger, the Joan or Peden Stadium, because I honestly don't know. I don't know either, but I made my statement real strong with my. (laughs) 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 We'll, We'll figure that out. Number three. The Wyatt Milam and Parker Moore battle for left tackle is blank. Wonderful. This is wonderful. Matt Moore said this is the first time he's had real battles, real competition on the offensive line. And if the fact that a true freshman might be able to beat out Parker Moore, who is a solid offensive lineman, speaks very highly of Wyatt Milam, and it speaks very highly of what we're trying to do in Morgantown. Last year, we had Zach Frazier, true freshman, starting and balling for the Mountaineers. This year it could be Wyatt Milam. This is wonderful. Amen, man. I'm right. I'm right on the uh, same lines. I think it's inspirational. When you have a kid who can come in here as a freshman and and push this redshirt sophomore out of position, that's very, very, very important on the football team. That's inspiration for the entire team because they all know your spot's not guaranteed. You got to work your butt off. Look what's going on down in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo and the backup uh, who they just Trey drafted. Lane. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Um, they said they have not seen a, a better offseason for Garoppolo in a long time. Like, he's had been a spectacular offseason. Why? Because he's getting pushed. When you get pushed, when competition rises, when that level goes up, you got to play better because there's somebody chomping at your heels. And I love the fact that right now we got real comp- competition along the offensive line, which, in fact, will make the entire offensive line better. Whoever doesn't make that spot is a solid backup to come in there. You know, if somebody gets hurt, if somebody gets injured, if you need to rotate somebody, if when, somebody gets or or they get tired. But the biggest thing is nobody's job is secure, and I love that because it breeds competition. When you breed competition, you work to the best of your ability to make sure you stay on the field. I love it, and I feel like big time programs, whether it's Alabama, Ohio State, who had all them like three different quarterbacks in the in the mix. Uh, Alabama, who constantly has four deep at running back. This is the program that we want where there's comp- strong competition for each and every single spot. I love it. Number four, Jared Parker saying the receivers have caught over 110,000 balls this summer is blank. It's confusing for me. And I'll tell you why. Is 110,000 balls a lot between all the receivers? Compared to other programs, compared to other seasons for WVU, I have no idea. I will assume that it is a good thing because he wouldn't be bringing up the amount of catches if it wasn't. But overall, it's confusing. They have that new robot quarterback 
Everybody's saying he's helping them catch the deep ball. It's been really good for them. The quarterback's getting more reps. That sounds great, but it's confusing to me. I don't know whether that's good or if it's just a number he's throwing out. For me, catching 110,000 balls is not the real season. There's all kinds of things. I remember uh, Kobe Bryant talking about Sasha Vujicic. He called him the machine at 12 p.m. Because he was a beast in practice. Now, he says this. I don't know the real numbers. But when you put out that number, 110,000 balls, that means that, that make, makes me feel like it's something that's higher than most people usually do. And they've put, been putting a lot of work. And I love it. But there's a difference when there's 60,000 fans sitting around Milan Pushkar watching you on a third and four in the fourth quarter, down six points, and we're on a game-winning drive. I love the effort. They say games are won in the summer and not, you know, during the fall because of the work you put in. So, but I hope it's real because you never know what's real. Coaches will say anything. I believe our coaches, when they talk, coaches will say anything. But I hope it's real, and, and I'll believe it a lot more when I see it in game, in big games. Number five. This is more of a question than a blank, but I'm going to ask it either way. The Kool-Aid for this year's football season is set before you. Are you drinking it? Well, anybody who's listened to the Tortilla and Takes podcast has heard how enthusiastic I was. I was more enthusiastic there than I was on the 10-12 podcast where I previewed West Virginia. I've been more enthusiastic as the days go by, just like in years past, what I accuse you of all the time, Jeremy. I have been not even guzzling, certainly not just drinking. I have been shotgunning the Kool-Aid. Shotgunning the Kool-Aid. I've gotten up to, including the ball game, 10 wins for this season. (laughs) 10-3 and with our losses being to Texas, OU, and Iowa State. That's where I am. I am shotgunning this Kool-Aid and it's going down smooth like a screwdriver in the pot in the blue lot. Woo! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, usually I'm the one drinking the Kool-Aid each and every year. But I have pause because one of those interviews I was supposed to do and you took over the last second. I appreciate you. I humbly appreciate you, my brother. And my problem is, I think our defensive line is going to be good, very good. I think they'll put pressure on the quarterback. I feel like we'll get sacks. I feel like we'll get turnovers. But I feel like we're susceptible to giving up the big play every once in a while on the defensive line. I don't see somebody soaking up blocks in there. I don't I don't know if we're big enough to do that. So I think overall we'll play well, but I also feel like we'll, we are going to give up big runs and big gashes on the defensive line. I also am not sold on the defensive backs. I um I just I, I'm not. So like for me as crazy as it sounds, and maybe you need to check back in with me the week of our first game against Maryland there in College Park. But right now, for the moment, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't I don't expect an amazing season. I feel like a solid season's coming. Hopefully a 10 win is what we get. But uh I've I've kind of tampered down my feelings and somehow maybe this is me maturing. I've I've tampered it down a little bit. I just guess you haven't looked at the six foot seven, three hundred and five pound Daryl Middleton transfer from Tennessee who can't soak up blocks. Yeah, no, no, no. Trust me, I've I've factored him in there. But remember that statement. <laughs> All right. 
I'm just saying, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I'm not saying we're going to be terrible on defense. I actually think we'll be really good on defense. I just, uh, maybe I'm maturing. Maybe I finally realized what it means to be a Mountaineer fan. We'll see on September 4th. But there you have it. Five questions, five answers. RVK, we in the building. We got it. On, oh, excuse me. Up next, the roundup. Get your lassos ready. Rack me, boys. <laughs> That's right. It's that time again. Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. I'm with the Raspy Boys kids. Act like you didn't know. I got my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. What we talk about? We talk about the Mountaineers. We talk about all kinds of good stuff. We talk about dose in the building, putting on in the summer league. We're talking about, uh, wait a second, let me look. Oh, that's another deuce. We're we also talking about the NFL players, the Mountaineer players in the NFL, what they're doing, where they're going, are they getting cut, how they playing, maybe not all that, but whether or not they got cut, we are going to talk about. So we got a few things on deck. We're going to talk about Alec Manoa. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC alignment. But we're going to start out with the hottest thing right now, the things that, that just wrapped up a couple of days ago, the Summer League. We only care about the Summer League, and let's be for real, Brandon. You have never paid attention to the NBA Summer League ever, have you? Never. Only when Javon Carter was doing it. That's right. And even with Javon, Javon's more of a defensive player, so I never tuned in to see him lighten up the scoreboard. No, you're right. It, we it was completely dude. different this year with Deuce. But the other reason it was different is because we're Knicks fans. Like, it reignited my love for the Knicks. I always loved the Knicks, but they were kind of on the back burner. Deuce being a, being a Mountaineer and being a Nick has now reignited all of that for me. So this was the perfect storm. So what do you think about him going 18 for 36 overall in six games from the three-point line? I think I wish he could have done that last year when he was playing for WVU. No, I, you know what? Usually I'm with you. Usually I'm saying, well, why didn't you do that last year? But he's growing. He was young. He, he was I, young. I, I honestly look at him, and I think he would have done that this year. Brandon, if we had Deuce McBride on the team, seeing now what he was and who he is and what he could have became, whoo, that banner may have been raised, you know. Well, you can see it because we keep sliding in every bracketology, every preview for for basketball. West Virginia basketball keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. And I think it's clear how much Deuce would have changed what we could do when we come back. But what they don't know about is a guy named Malik Curry. Yeah, they don't know about Malik Curry. We're about to show them about Malik Curry, but at, we have to see about TBT, Malik Curry. At TBT in Charleston, I was talking to uh, one of the assistant coaches, and he said, you see that guy over there? No, no, no. That other guy, he's right there in the corner. Uh, sweat, sh- uh, sweat, sh- uh, sweat suit. He's right there. His name's Malik Curry. We're going to be all right. He said, there's no replacing Deuce. But Malik Curry, he averaged 15 points a game last year. Which, you know, maybe not be super spectacular, but another year of growth. We'll see what he gets. My favorite thing about Deuce with the Knicks is, and I said it on I Got Five on it, is there's a lot of guards in the New York organization. So I kept thinking about what places he really have. And as I kept looking at all these guards, whether it was Derrick Rose, whether it was Kemba Walker, whether it was Malik Curry, whether it was Grimes, whether all these guards, they can't shoot like Deuce. You put him out there, he spreads the floor. And with those other guards, they're so um, dynamic that they can get to the cup when they want to as long as you space the floor. 
I think he'll have a position there with the Knicks. Um, but also with the Summer League, man, I've never paid attention to Summer League. League. I've never watched games. And yet I watch every single one of Deuce's games. And, uh, man, he put on a show. He averaged 15 points a game. I loved it. Loved it. I I got to be honest. Um, seeing Hugs there supporting Deuce was a great look. Hugs and Mrs. Hugs, both of them there, was a great look. And you could tell how proud Bobby Huggins was of Deuce McBride. It's clear that he left on good terms. He left because of the advice he got. And it's also very obvious that Deuce McBride is a first-round draft pick. He is not a second-round draft pick. He slid, to the sec- he slid to the second round, but a lot of teams are going to regret that. The Knicks won't. They got a steal. They got a steal as far as the contract goes. But the rest of the league is put on notice now. So there's some big dates in the NFL. August 17 was one. Was one. It was the first cut that the NFL teams had to make for their uh, for their teams. They had to get their teams down to 85 players. Now, Brandon, I'm going to read you off the players of Mountaineers in the NFL. For the Saints, Mike Brown and Keith Washington. For the Raiders, Rasul Douglas, Nick Kitakowski, and Darius Stills. Panthers have Will Greer and Kenny Robinson. Seattle has Bruce Irvin and Geno. Tennessee has David Long Jr. Miami has Rex Sahara and Adam Pinckney. Uh, Cincinnati has Quentin Spain. Char- uh, the Chargers have Kaiser, that boy White. Uh, the Jets have uh, uh, Trevon Wesco. The Giants have David Stills. The Bucks have TJ Simmons. San Francisco has Kevin, excuse me, Kevin White. They cut Kevin White, but Kevin White went to Nor- the Saints. But they have Colt McKibbitts. The Colts have Mark, go ahead and say his last name. Glowinski. And Gary Jennings. The Browns have Tony Fields and Carl Joseph. New England has Yadnika Just. There's so many Mountaineers in the NFL. And here on August 17th, the first cuts came down. And do you know, I know you know, but I want you to answer the question. Do you know how many Mountaineers were cut on the first cuts of NFL training camp? You said you want me to answer it? Yeah, answer it. Zero. Zero Mountaineers cut. We are all still here. That's a wonderful thing to hear. Did you get to see any of our players play? I did. Kenny Robinson balled. His interception was perfect technique. Great execution. Will Greer in that same game did not look as good. He looked shaky. Did you see it or did you read uh, <laughs> read reports I saw, about it? I saw it. I was watching the game. Okay. I did not, but I was just making sure. Yeah, I saw it. Um, Will Greer, on the other hand, did not look as good. He did not look as confident. He, the best play he made ended up being a fumble. And not his fault, but the receiver's fault. Um, what I wanted to say is, do you know who Rex Unahara, you know who his dad is? Yeah, the volleyball coach. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I didn't know if you realized that. Yeah, I did realize that. Reed Sunahara. So, so, so it was a big deal that we survived the first cuts. A lot of Mountaineer players all across the NFL. The next date that everybody has to pay attention to is the 24th, which is next week. Um, that's where they have to trim their rosters five more players. That's not the big one. The big one, Brandon, and I know you know this, is August 31st. That's when they have to cut 27 players to get their teams down to a 53-man roster. We will see all of our Mountaineers, whether they get cut or they stay. The Raspy Voice kids will be here to update you on it, but I just thought that was you know one thing to take, uh, take notice of. I thought another, it was great. Another thing you need to take notice of is that bad man, Alec Manoa, the incredible Hawk, Brandon. I've seen a couple of different reports um, talking about him for maybe AL Rookie of the Year. Possibly. I don't know if that's a real tangible thing because 
he came in kind of late. He started playing kind of late. He only has seven or six or seven games underneath his belt. But there are a couple stats that were put out on Twitter and other um, social media that we cannot forget and we cannot overlook. He's the first pitcher since 1901 to start his MLB career by allowing uh, four four hits or fewer during 10 straight starts. That's a big deal. It is. He had a bad outing his last outing, though. He got knocked around a little bit. He didn't do his thing. But yeah, overall, wrote- the numbers he's putting up are impressive, and the league is taking notice. And he's that's what fa- I like the most. Fastest it's not just pitch- being homers is what I'm saying. Like, we're not just being homers. The league is taking notice. Plus, the stats tell, speak for themselves. He's the fastest pitcher in Blue Jays history to have 70, uh, 70 strikeouts. Like I said, before last game, I didn't look. I haven't added all in the last game. He's 5-1 with a 2.59 ERA. It's ridiculous. I'm glad he's becoming everything that we knew he could be. I'm glad that Coach Mazie set him on this path of being a beast and a dog. And I just want to give a shout-out to Big Alec Manoa, a.k.a. 47. So what do you think about this new news coming out? The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC aligning? Yeah, I don't know how real it is. I mean, you hear stuff, and it's really hard to tell during all of this how real anything is. What is more than a rumor? What is a legit possibility? I don't really understand the alliance. Um, one thing that Philip Slavin from 1012 Podcast, which we are part of the 1012 Network, in case y'all didn't know, we are part of the 1012 Network. Philip Slavin made the point that they're only going to make maybe $3 million per team more, no, per conference more, I think it was. Really not that much money. It's very little money doing a scheduling alliance. This is more, it sounds like, more about squeezing the Big 12 out than it is about any real benefit to them making money or anything else. You wonder how much of this is being driven by ESPN and Fox because those are the people who are paying the, the conferences for their games. And it shouldn't be that way. They shouldn't have as much say as they do, but that's the way it works in America. That's the way capitalism works. Money talks. Here's the thing. Um, if ahead. it's real, this is bad for us. If it's Here's not... We'll move on to the next crisis. Here's the thing that's funny is everybody wants to act like team and, oh, the SEC is so terrible for what they've done. And now you other three conferences have kind of aligned to squeeze the Big 12 out. I'm not going to say us because I hopefully I don't have to say us much longer. So I'm not saying us right now. But you other three conferences joined together and purposely left the Big 12 out. What do you expect to happen? Like you're making moves post when moves should have been made, you're late to the game. So now you're trying to catch up. You're trying to adjust for it. And I don't think there's any adjusting for it. But one thing's clear as day, Brandon, either way, no matter which game is being played, the big 12 is out in the cold. So all these big 12 teams talk about stick together. We're going to make this better. We're going to go with the alliances. Yeah. Trick. Yeah. I'm going to act like I'm with you as I continue to focus on getting. <laughs> this, this, this is real life survivor. This is what this is. There are alliances made. There are people going behind people's backs. Backstabbing. Backstabbing galore. This is real life survivor. This is about living. This is about succeeding. And there's no way to do that by purely being loyal. And it's not the Big 12 anymore, Jeremy. It's the irate eight. That's what's left. The irate eight. I love it. I've never heard that before, but it's the truth. And say irate seven, because I think we already gone. I hope we are. I really uh, hope we are. Yeah, I'm hearing... I, I, you know how you, rumors are. I've heard that we've been rejected by the ACC behind closed doors already. I find that hard to believe, but I have always said, if we hear something early, 
If we hear something soon, it will be a rejection before it's an acceptance. Okay. The longer it goes, the better chance we have, in my opinion. But we'll see. I, I don't know. It, it's really hard to tell. And the thing is, what they should look at is streaming services and uh, TV rates and whatnot, everything that, that, that West Virginia is doing. Another thing they, they could actually look at is we are one of three schools in the top 20 all time in wins in football and basketball. Did you know that before you saw it? No, I didn't. I knew we were top 15 in football. I had no idea we were that high in basketball. Yeah, I, I didn't know that for a fact, but when I saw it, it makes sense to me. I know our basketball program has been good, but one of three schools, Brandon, Texas, Notre Dame, and us. One of three schools in the two sports that matter and the top 20 and wins all time. I think it's a beautiful thing. The brand of West Virginia. Go ahead. I think it's beautiful. I don't know what it means because recently we haven't had that kind of success in football. And I was talking again to Philip Slavin about this. He, was t- he asked me to sell West Virginia to another conference. He said it doesn't even have to be the ACC, just any other conference. And one of the things he said was you haven't had recent success. So people might say, you had all of your success in a watered-down Big East. Yeah, but did you also tell him, uh, before Will Greer got hurt, we'd have beat Oklahoma State, the game that we barely lost, and, and Will Greer went down. We'd have beat Texas. We'd have won the bowl game. So that year with Will Greer, we would have had 10 wins. In, it doesn't matter because injuries happen. But also, did you tell him, because they asked you now, look at the recruiting. Look what's going on in recruiting. I don't I'm know, sorry. I don't, I don't know why you're asking if I told him since you clearly listened to the episode. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I, I don't even know why I was talking about off air. I was, I was talking about off air. You know, off air. <laughs> off, <laughs> off air, did you ask him? I, I sure. certainly did not speak in hypotheticals about what we could have won or what we would have won or what we should have won. That's what losers do, in my opinion. I hear what you're saying. Sure. The argument I made was what Gordon Gia said. West Virginia has been competitive and successful in every situation, whether we were independent or whether we were in conferences, we've always had success and we will continue to do so as a university and as a, and as, as an athletic department. The other thing I said to him was we, we had two bad hires in a row. I, I knew Bill Stewart was a bad hire. I did not realize Dana Holgerson was a bad hire until he left and he started making statements like we can't recruit. We couldn't recruit the players we needed to win the big 12. Then I realized he's a loser. He believes that. An excuse maker. An excuse maker. He is a loser. And I didn't realize he was a loser until he was gone and started saying that stuff out loud. By the way, I hope you get get blocked too, for the record. Well, that. Well, I mean, I don't be saying this stuff. I don't come at him and at him on Twitter. What's it? Hold up. Hold up. What's his son's name? uh, Logan. Logan had the nerve to block me. Only person who's ever blocked me on Twitter. So I hope you get blocked too, but continue on. But my point was we're two bad hires away. We won, we won, even with Dana, we won 10 games in the Big 12 with Skylar Don Howard. We have won with every coach we've had. We, barring since Signetti, since we've won with every coach we've had. We've been successful in some way or another. And basketball speaks for itself. Not just Final Fours, but multiple Sweet 16s. And like you said, the stat where we are in the upper echelon in both football and basketball. And he said that was a good point. He thought it was legitimate. I think that's what you have to sell. Recent success is a problem. Hey, man, hey, but hold up. But you're going to say recent success, and I understand that. Like, for me, I always beg on other teams about talking about, um, oh, well, in the past. But I think with West Virginia, especially with the football, you got 93, you got 97, you got 2004. Like, you have decades where we come back and we compete on, on 2007 almost at the highest levels. We're there in the top five. It's not one coach. 
It's a, we're not Clemson. We're not. No. We're not Dabo Sweeney winning national championships. And maybe if he leaves, the rest of this crumbles. We have a history of every decade producing something that is that that is watched and supported and followed, and that's the reason why we're in the top twenty in basketball, and football, and overtime and, and all over wins. Well, I think Dabble and Clemson is a good comparison. I think Bill Snyder and Kansas State is a better one, and that's the one I made. We're not Bill Snyder. We're not Kansas State. We're one coach is our entire history. Not in football. Yeah. Not in basketball. Duke doesn't have success out of coach outside of Coach K. Kansas State has no success outside of Bill Snyder. West Virginia has success with multiple coaches over multiple decades and multiple, and multiple sports. Yes. And that's the point I made. So I think we're better suited this time around. We're, we're an R1 research institution. We have better fans than we did before. We're much tamer, much more hospitable than we were 10 years ago. And when you're talking about what we did, Jeremy, you're talking about recent success. It's been 10 years. We didn't win. The, the Orange Bowl was in 2012. I mean, so, so, so it's up to us to go uh, get a 10 win season this year to, to, to carry on the decade thing. But go ahead. Which is, you're right. Which is what I was predicting. You, on the other hand, sounded like you were hesitant to predict that. But I'm predicting that we do win 10 this year. I think our only losses, I'll say it again, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Texas. Well, my feelings change according to the segment. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Just joking. But I love it. I love it. I love the answers to that. Um, I only have two more things for you. I wanted to talk about the the my uh, the mile the Wyatt Milam and Parker Moore situation there at left tackle. The battle they talk about a battle going on between the freshman and the redshirt sophomore. We said it, and I got five on it, but I just wanted to reiterate it for just in case people have missed it. How do you feel about that? Like I said, I love it. I think it's wonderful for the program. I think it's exactly what we need anywhere, but especially on the offensive line. The offensive line and defensive line make your team go. If you don't have that, unless you've got Michael Vick or Vince Young or Cam Newton or some once-in-a-generation type talent back there, you have no chance. You have zero chance. So to have that with a guy like Letty Brown, with a guy like Jared Deggie, who was really did really well with a clean pocket, Makes me excited about what we can do. They believe we're seven or eight deep. They would like to be 10 to 12 deep on the offensive line. But being seven or eight deep with a, with a serious competition from a true freshman tells me our future is bright and that this season we will have success. You win with horses. I, I can't remember. Was it Switzer? There was a coach. I don't know. I don't think it was Bowden. I can't remember. I saw it on ESPN and the coach said, I had a bunch of three stars that I coached the way that I can coach. And we weren't very good. And then I got a bunch of five stars and I coached them the way I can coach. And we won the national championship. It's not about coaches. I mean, it is about coaches, but it's about stars. And we're getting them in there to see why it come in. Big time recruit, Alabama, Ohio State, all these people recruited him. Now he's in Morgantown. As a freshman, I've told you this from the get-go, Brandon. If a freshman is truly an impact freshman, I don't care if he's going to Alabama, USC, Notre Dame. If he's a truly impact player, he's going to find the field. And here we have Wyatt showing his true colors, his 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 uh his bloodlines, who he is, his pedigree, his pedigree. That's the word I was looking for, pedigree. And I just kept rambling about because I couldn't think of it. But yes, his pedigree. We also have Doug Nestor once again. Where where was he recruited? What star was he? It's about the horses. 
And now we're getting those horses. Zach Frazier as a freshman coming in on the line, starting at center. That tells you something because these young players who can play, they ball, they play. And that's where we're at right now. Go ahead. I will say you either have a problem or you have a dog if your freshmen are starting. Not not playing time, but starting. Zach Frazier proved he was a dog. Freshman All-American. Akeem Mesador proved he's a dog. Freshman All-American. And you have it up and down the line. We're talking about Akeem Mesador. We talk about Daryl Middleton. When really our best defensive lineman should be and probably will be Dante Stills. I like that he's not the first thing I talk about because we have so much talent coming coming back on this team. That's why I really think we're going to be that good because I think our offensive and defensive lines will be that good. I think we will struggle with the bigger offensive lines. That's why I don't think we have a chance against Oklahoma, not just because of offensive line, because of everything, because of offense, defense, everything. And because every team we ever played never has an off game. I've never seen uh, overthrows and interceptions. And, oh, man, he just had a bad game. When they play West Virginia, they are always on their A game. But yeah. continue on. No, but you're right. But Oklahoma and Iowa State, I think those two are legitimate top 10. Oklahoma being a top five team in the country. Right now, they're ranked top two. They might be the number one, according to Skip Bayless. I don't think we can beat Oklahoma no matter how well we play. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Neil Brown and company shut me up, make me, put me on the cover of freezing cold takes. That's what I hope happens. But I don't see us beating them. I think Texas and Bijan Robinson with that offensive line is too much for us. And I like the way Sark calls his plays. So I think that we'll struggle with them. And then, like I said, Iowa State. So that's where I am on that. But I think other than that, we're as good, if not better, than every and, team in the And conference. by the way, Texas, we always play Texas well. Iowa State, yeah. Forget Iowa State. You know, we just say it like that. But with Oklahoma, if anybody has a problem with you saying that we're not going to beat Oklahoma, they need to go take a good long look in the mirror. You've lost your mind. I think we're going to be a good team. But even if we had the best team in the country, look, until it happens, sometimes you've just been beat down so many times, I got to see it, okay? Show me the money before I make a move. Show me. The last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is I'm hearing about Winston Wright. I'm hearing about Bryce Ford Wheaton. I'm hearing about receivers doing things. And Reese Smith, who I haven't heard about, is somebody who may have the most talent out of all the receivers on the entire roster. The freshman who broke all the freshman records for yards at WVU, that man Sam James. What's going on with Sam? Sam lost his confidence. Last year, he lost it, and he never got it back. He had moments, he had flashes, but he he ne- he never was dominant like he can be. He's got the physical tools. You love to talk about arm length. That's like your favorite thing to talk about. Look at Sam James' arm length. Your look far- the, favorite thing. Look, <laughs> look at the size of his hands. He's got the quick twitch as well. I think Sam James bounces back. Now, he's not been running with the ones, but I think he'll find his way onto the field to make an impact. I believe in Sam James. Yeah, I... I, I... <sighs> Sam has everything that he should have to be successful. Let's see if he has the mental. Esdale, he he's the one who changed our receiver's trajectory, making that big catch down, uh, uh, last season down the stretch. Uh, TJ Simmons came came on and said, that's what it changed for us. That's when we all started catching. Um, being successful is contagious. You ever seen somebody hit a three at the park? Then everybody thinks they can hit that three? I think between Winston Wright catching passes, I think between Bryce Ford Wheaton and Reese and Estale and and, uh, Sean Ryan, I think it's going to get contagious. And I think that we're going to be very successful at receiver at the receiver position this year. If we're good, if we're good with the passing game, if our receivers are good, we're going to bludgeon people with Letty. 
I just don't see we, – we bludgeon people with Letty last year, and I think this offensive line is better than it was last year. I'm also excited because I watched uh, Tony Mathis uh, play. Well, I know it was just a spring game, but I, I watched – he looked good, and now you're yeah. hearing reports that he really looks good. And now you're hearing that Justin Johnson is push, uh, pushing him. Justin yeah. Johnson must be a beast, a freshman running back. True freshman. If we can get if we can get that kind of um, productivity and being able to spell Letty out of those two guys, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. I said I wasn't, but that was the other segment. So maybe I am this one. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. That's all we got, man. That's the wrap-up. Let us know. Get at your boys, the RVK, where we got it right, where we got it wrong, where you agree, where you disagree. We want to hear it. Only a couple weeks from kickoff. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.